Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. Join us on a deep dive into the heart of what makes writing songs and making music so magical. Let's find out what makes songwriters tick, and along the way, remember why we love music. Welcome to Pitch List. Hey everyone, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List, the songwriter's podcast. Before we get started, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And for more exclusive content and performances, don't forget to follow us on social media at Pitch List Podcast, or visit our website at pitchlistpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Hey everybody, I'm Dana, the producer of Pitch List, and this week, Chris sat down in the studio with indie pop singer-songwriter Sasha Alex Sloan. Aside from her wildly successful artist career, she currently clocks in at over 9 million monthly Spotify listeners. She's also written tunes for Carly Pierce, Megan Trainer, Katy Perry, Pink, Charlie XCX, and many more. If you're not familiar, her music is lyrically poignant, confessional, and emotionally stunning, all wrapped up in tight pop production. In this episode, she and Chris talk about imposter syndrome, their shared love for pure songwriting and Karen Carpenter's voice, and more, including Sasha's upcoming full-length record and the first single, WTF, which is out now. Here's Sasha Alex Sloan. So Dan and I were talking. I can tell when someone just writes out of their diary, right? I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of your stuff, and I think it's what works. It's what worked for Taylor Swift, and that's why people connect to you. Right. Oh, thanks. Do you do you uh, do you consciously do that, or is that just something you've? Um, yeah, I, you know, I guess I, I I don't really think about it, so um, I guess not. <laughs> right. But um, my favorite type of songwriting and my favorite type of artists are just I'm such a lyric person right you know I never think about melody and I think it's really funny when someone says I love your melodies because I don't even think about them um because I'm so focused on the lyric and that's just my favorite type of song to listen to is just Mm -hmm. when I feel like I know the artists and I know what they've been through and um I really for better or worse try and keep every song I put out real to my life yeah because you know when I'm on stage and singing something that's not real to me i feel like everyone can tell i'm lying you know i think i think it's true um i have a daughter who's 14 going on 15 she's a huge music fan she loves you too i was was, talking about you last night and um they have a a sixth sense Mm -hmm. about what's authentic and what isn't Mm -hmm. and they have no interest and it's really so great because i think fans are different now in the sense that they're being offered something that really has meaning for them. Mm-hmm. You know, basically we were talking about it earlier. I think it's the removing of the radio filter. So we're not, no one's right. having to try so hard to give a peppy thing to sell diapers and tires, you know? Right. <laughs> so they're actually doing something from their heart yeah. and it's connecting and that's why people go to you. And uh, I think it's great. I'm, Thank I think you. it's really great. Thanks. I, I really appreciate that. I am. Um, I feel like the only person listening to my music is my mom. Uh, so, well, that's not true. I've seen your numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little trippy sometimes when I when I do 
I also haven't played in so long because of COVID that it, I just am really feeling this like crazy disconnect of why am I putting music out? Is anyone listening? Does anyone care? And I've been kind of struggling with that. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to hear you say that. Thank well, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, well, let's talk about that. That's interesting to me. I hadn't really thought about it. None of the performers have been out much. I remember there was kind of a false start and the country guys had mm-hmm. some bookings and then they got rid of them again. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of it. So that's completely like wrecking your vibe, isn't it? Because you're used <laughs> to making music and going out and playing. Yeah, I put out my debut album in 2020. I think it was October. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just never got to tour it. Wow. So I kind of hate that album because it just feels like this thing I worked on and then just kind of went away. Um, never met. Well. And for me, touring is really important because that's how I, you know. Right. See the people, the numbers online. It translates for me. You know, I'm not like a big radio artist. So right. that is a really important part that I've been missing. And I'm, I'm actually really nervous going into this next album that I'm about to put out because I just feel, I don't know. I don't know who's out there, <laughs> if anyone cares. <laughs> yeah, but, well, your fans are out there. They are, and they're I gonna know. they're going to still be there, and I there. know it's totally normal to, to feel apprehensive, but they're, they're going to be there. Yeah, and they will. They're, you know what? They've been through the same thing you have. It's true. We've it's, all been through it. was a global it. experience. Yeah. How many times, well, it, I don't want to do it again. But yeah, no. <laughs> how many times do you get to do that? <laughs> no. I, I was talking to my kids, my older kids the other night. It's like, I would have never imagined the last five years we've had I would have oh. thought. I would have thought. No, that's all, that sounds like it, something my great grandmother talked about. Back yep. when you know. Yep. It's really crazy. I know. It's it's. I think everyone went through a really rough time. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. Even if like nothing in your personal life was going wrong, which that never really happens for anyone, <laughs> the whole world was suffering. You know, oh, yeah. everything got turned upside down, and it continues to get turned upside down, and all the division and it was just it was a really rough time it really was uh for me personally i kind of fell apart afterward after after, Mm. when things got better Mm -hmm. i kind of like that's how i am i'm strong during and then i fall apart after yeah so good times good Good times times. (laughs) good times this is a good time radio hour on uh well, let's go ahead and talk about this. We're in total reverse, but I actually like it. It's good. Yeah, okay. Um, you we led can... me to this. So I'm going to go. So you have a new record. We've we've been ta- Dan and I've been talking about. It. You have a new record coming out, and uh, when this podcast airs, we believe that the first single will be out. Yes, it will. And then I think the album's coming out in May. The first single is called WTF. Now, when you write WTF, what, what does that mean? I'm kidding. <clears throat> well, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. We know what it means. Um, do you want to, do you want to, yeah, what the fudge? So I can think I can kind of imagine we were just talking about, it's been kind of a WTF last three years. Is, yes. that, is that what that's talking about or yes. is it romantic or can you give um, us a little bit of what the song's about? I would say this whole next album is zero romantic. Okay. <laughs> really not going for commercial success here. Okay. Um, so what the fudge, um, it's about, I mean, the whole chorus is just what the, am I doing here? Like a huge, big life. Why question. Okay. Um, I didn't grow up religious and the past two to three years have just been kind of questioning my existence, you know? Okay. And I'm, I'm a happy person, but right. I'm trying to figure out what, what am I doing here? You know, what's my purpose? Yeah. What's everyone's purpose? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so 
another uplifting song for me. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, I feel like, so I'm about to turn 27. I'll be 27 when this is out. Okay. Um, and I feel like when I first started putting music out, I was 20, 21, somewhere in there. Um, and it was all about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And my struggles and all that. And I, I that's kind of what I was just focused on because when you're 20, you're like, who the hell am I? Right. And now that I've kind of figured that part out, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of know what I stand for. I know what I like. I know what I don't. I started looking more outward than inward. And that's kind of what this whole next album is about. Fascinating. Yeah. Do you think the 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 current times helped inspire that too? 100%. Yeah. I mean, my first album was put out during a pandemic. And I feel like my next album we put out on the brink of World War Three? Yeah, hopefully not. But it's hopefully not, not. But it's not looking great. It's not so. looking great. And I know from looking at your bio, you are your grandparents are from Russia. Yeah, they. So I'm actually Ukrainian and Russian. I wondered. Yeah. So my last name's technically, well, my last name's Yuchenko, so I'm technically Ukrainian. Um, I told Dana. I think I think she's Ukrainian. Yeah, uh, but I guess you know if you're Russian, you're Ukrainian. If you're Ukrainian, you're probably Russian too. You know, it's right. so mixed. Um, but my grandfather was born in Ukraine, and my grandparents um, live in Siberia, um, third world, no indoor plumbing, um, and that's where my dad is from. And mm-hmm. so, this is kind of a long story, but no, you can edit it no, out no, no, if no, it's no. boring. It's fascinating. Tell us. <laughs> but, it's to- um, very topical. Tell yeah, us. it is. So the way that my mom and my dad met, she's from Cape Cod. Um, she joined the army when she was 19 and became an interrogator in the Gulf War. Wow. And it was assigned the language Russian. And so when she got out, she was like, what do I do? So she went to Russia to become fluent, met my dad. He was her teacher. Oops, I was created wow. pretty quickly after that. And um, yeah, so he moved to America with my mom to raise me. And um, yeah. How long have you been here in town? So I started living here in 2020. Okay. Yeah. So not long. Like really living here. Okay. Um, I've been making trips before, but they were like four or five days. And and where were you? I just need to get your whole history and then I got totally. my question. Where, where were you before here? Um, L.A. Okay, and how LA, long? LA, as how, I call it. LA. How long were you in LA? <laughs> um, seven years. Okay. So I moved there when I was 19. And then Boston before? Boston before. Okay. Yep. So you have no Boston in your accent? No, I don't. None? I know. I, I don't know. I think it's just uh, my mom doesn't have one. Okay. So. Yeah, I grew up mostly in Texas and my parents didn't have strong ones, so I don't either. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a Texas accent. No, not much. I guess you're right. It's your parents. Um. Okay, so you went to LA for a little chunk. Mm-hmm. Why come here? What tell us about that? Yeah, I feel like the songwriters here are just incredible. Yeah. It's it's real songwriting, you know. And mm-hmm. there are amazing songwriters in LA. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not the style of right. songwriting that I was. I just never had sessions in LA where I was like, "Wow, we just wrote a great song." You know, I always felt like we were writing okay songs with amazing production, you know? Yep. Um, and I don't care about production. I would say that's like a huge flaw of mine as an artist. No, it's not. Um, but like my favorite artist, Sarah Regina Spector, and I mean, her production was just basically piano mm-hmm. and a dry vocal. 
Yeah. And that's all what I wanted to do. And um, I just felt like I was in the wrong place in the wrong rooms. Um, and I was getting cuts as a writer, but it just, I was never like, I don't know. I didn't feel connected to them, which mm. you don't necessarily need to when you're writing a song with someone else for them. But I was just kind of hitting a point in my career where I was like, I want to do stuff that I really love doing. So I, I decided to move here and I, I met some awesome writers here and I was just, it just felt right. And there's no state tax. That's true. <laughs> well, let's, let's unpack some of that, as they say. Let's unpack some of that. Yep, yep. Because um, this is interesting, and I know exactly what you're saying. And I think the mm -hmm. reason is you're a lyric person. Yeah. And, and as far as pop music, in my opinion, just one guy's opinion, has moved forward as far as lyric a lot. Like you I hear agree. great lyrics in pop music now mm -hmm. where you didn't used to, especially like rock and stuff. They terrible lyrics. But yeah. <laughs> I think country music had an effect yep. that way. But still, it is groove driven, hook driven. Mm -hmm. And you seem like such a lyric person that um, that's not really doing it for you. And this is a lyric town. You know, yeah, it is. That's the thing. And it's now often country music, but that's not really the point. It's mm -hmm. a lyric town. Mm -hmm. Everyone here, you know, it's 90% lyrics, 10% music. I totally agree with In that. In most country <laughs> songwriting sessions, it is. Right. Because, well, the music You start part, with the title here. Yeah, yeah. The music part kind of flows out. It's really it just kind of happens. Totally. Country music does is not that adventurous stylistically, mm -hmm. so you're not really having to, you're I, not going to put it in 7-4. Totally. And so. you know, there are amazing writers in LA, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And I don't mean to, you know, talk sh about LA, but... No, it's just different. It's just different. It's different. I like walking into a room with a list of titles here. Yeah. And getting just absolutely pwned by other writers' titles. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so, such great lyricists, you know? Yeah. And you're a word girl. Yeah. You like words. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get it. So... I it was, totally get it. It was time, and not to mention LA is just absurdly expensive and i just didn't it feel is. like spending that much money to live in a shoebox it's crazy yeah it's, nashville is beginning to catch up but it's still it's still a reasonable place if you were to someday want to have a family it's probably i would think a better place you know i also i've noticed that nashville is much more family oriented yeah. which i really like yeah um my boyfriend and i my boyfriend's in music too and we always kind of, I don't know, I think this was like our own judgment of ourselves, but we felt like icky dating and doing music together. And then when we moved here, we realized like so many couples do music together. My wife and I have done it for 20 years. Exactly. 20, 30 years almost. And it feels more common here. And oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just. Oh, there's a lot. I was just uh, looking at, what's her name? Uh, Ryan Hurd. Uh, yeah, Maren Morris. Maren, yeah. He, she's more famous than him, but I actually, I know, I, I know him. I don't, I don't know her. <laughs> But whatever Ryan Hurd's wife's name is, she's pretty good little singer. Yeah, she's she's awesome. She might make it. Yeah, yeah, we'll she'll she's, be okay. If she sticks with Ryan, she'll do all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of music couples. You're right. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's refreshing to us, at least, even though I know it's more normal here. But yeah, it's cool well, to see that. Uh, and I don't know, but it's a long time ago that I lived in L.A. But it seemed like like if you went to a party. I was early 20s. So if you go to a party and you meet somebody who's working on music or being an actor or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, well, oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, I picked up my kids today. People are like, what? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. not, it's like not, it wasn't done, you know? Exactly. And Is, there's is like, that vibe still there? 
It was like it would in be LA. Un- yeah, like it'd be unusual if you had <sighs> kids. It'd be very unusual. Yeah, it would like, be like it, a red people flag. People just like why? Yeah, right, a red flag. It would be like it, why? Which is so strange. Yeah, I agree. Or like you're married. Oh, you're mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. You've given up on your right, career. Right. You know, it's kind of it's, it's kind of like that. It is a little, and I felt myself kind of feeling like that, and I didn't like that mm-hmm. about myself living there. You know, yeah. it was like, it's so career driven. It is. And it's like, when I hang out with people here who do music, like we don't really talk about music. Right. And when I felt like when I was there, it was like my whole self-worth was based off of my yeah. numbers and my cuts and yeah. what people thought of me. And I just, I didn't, that was really honestly bad for my mental health. So I was like, I need to, I need a fresh start. Yeah. So. I like Nashville too. I liked it when I came here. It's what my kids called chill. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it it's, is chill. it's chill, yeah, you know, it's like everybody's chill. pretty much nice. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the music business polices itself. Everybody plays pretty nice. If somebody starts yeah. acting up, they'll, they'll be put back in their place. You totally. know, it's like people act right around here for the most part. For the most, there's always yeah. a, a bad Yeah, but it's a more two, of a family feeling here. That's I like what I it. like. And yeah. And I have a yard now. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I think for your style. This is the place to be anyway. I mean, what do you call your style? I don't ever know what to say when someone yeah. asks me this question. Indie pop? Indie pop. Well, it's like, it's like Taylor Swift kind of moved into the territory you're in later in her career. Right. A little bit. Sort of like. I, I never like think about my genre when I'm making music. Well, maybe that's gone. Maybe that's, maybe you know? I'm asking the wrong question. No, no, no. It's, it's still very much a thing. Yeah. But, but I always find like, I was just talking to someone about this i think genres are so stupid yeah because it's it's like what so you can have a playlist on spotify like who cares what it is you know yeah but i I guess i also don't know what i'm talking about so no i think you're right and i think you've actually uh identified a real thing um my kids recognize genre but they don't really as far as their listening habits they're they're all over the board Totally. When I was a kid, you were really segregated. You know, you weren't right. really allowed out of your category. And I think that has to do with radio, right? Yeah. Because yeah. each station was a category, and yeah. now it's you can have a million different songs on one playlist. That's right. And maybe there's like a rock guitar mm-hmm. and a country song, and you don't notice that, yeah. and you listen to a rock song. And I don't know. No, I think you're right. And also, uh, there, there was another uh, of being a, a kid in the 70s. Um, you know, you... There was cultural pressure to stay in your lane. Like, I was a rock kid. We were all like rock. Right. right? While secretly, I liked ABBA. Right. <laughs> but I had to hide that from my ABBA. friends. I, you know what? I always like, when I was like 13, I made fun of my friend Kara for listening to Baby by Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. And she like pretended to hide it from me. Mm-hmm. And I feel so bad about that to wow. this day because Kids are mean. I know. And I was such a snob. And I loved Baby, but uh, it was cool to hate that song, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I don't yeah. think there's as much of that now. Oh, no, not at all. No, if I, I, I remember we, me and my buddies like just rock, you know, rock guy stuff. Yeah. But if they'd have seen an ABBA, you know. ABBA goes hard, though. Uh, cassette in my car had just been like, you know, <laughs> right. wait, you got a girl in here or something? <laughs> right. yeah, some girl left this in my car. <laughs> I would never listen to this. Right. I think they're amazing. And I also love the Carpenters, and I had to keep that under the under oh, wraps, too. Uh, Karen, Karen Carpenter, Carpenter yeah. is my favorite singer of all time. No. Side note. 
of all time. I knew we were going to bond. <laughs> I knew it. I could tell. Anytime someone asks who my favorite singer is, Me it's her. too. I, you're the only person I've ever known. Same. It's Most people basic, go, who is that? Right. It's, you know, especially your age. But I've never heard another person say that. She's the best female singer. 100%. Of all time. Her tone is. Recording pop singer. Unbeatable. Un, yeah. And she doesn't. I also, this is just my personal taste, but I hate when singers try to sing. Me too. I just think it it makes me want to die. It's a trick. Yeah, she her tone never pushes, never does fancy runs. She would never make it on American Idol, and that's why mm-hmm. I love her. That's like my. And if you want to talk <laughs> about like, and anyone listening uh, younger, if you don't know the Carpenters, they've got a bunch of cheesy shit too. Okay, you're gonna see that immediately. But okay? you definitely heard some of their songs. But. Right. You but, can't live but, without yeah, hearing Yeah, you, you've heard some of them. But, but some of the sad things that Karen Carpenter sings, mm. y- you want to hear something just gut-wrenchingly beautiful mm-hmm. and sad. Mm-hmm. You know? It's her singing. There, there was a... There's a... There's a aching in her voice that's just breathtaking. My boyfriend always makes fun of me because every time I get drunk, I blast the Carpenters yeah. in our house. Carasonos. Wow. <laughs> But yeah, she's, I mean, I always call them the original Phineas and Billy. Wow, that's great. I mean. That's, they are. Yeah, they they are. They are. Because, yeah, I. Yeah, because it was pretty cool when they came out. He, The brother was like the techno whiz with mm-hmm. the track and the, mm-hmm. the backing vocals, the mm-hmm. 900 backing tracks and all those little studio tricks. Yep. And they performed together and, mm-hmm. and you know, Billy's tone is obviously yeah incredible Her and tone is incredible yeah I, f- I see a lot of parallels there i wonder if billy I, I wonder if she likes karen carpenter i bet she does yeah i bet i she bet has she good does taste i watched her I documentary bet. and yeah, i, I, bet I really fell too. in love with her yeah me too i watched it with my daughter my daughter lola's a huge fan yeah i'm a huge fan honestly i, I am too especially after that documentary i was like wow don't go away pitch list will be right back after the break want to hear your favorite songwriter or artist on an episode of pitch list Email us at pitchlistpodcast at gmail.com and let us know who we should interview next. I think it's easy to forget how much pressure comes with being that famous. And I I really don't wish fame on anyone. I think it's it's a really scary thing. Yeah. And it's something you can never get rid of. Right, right, and it—it's kind of like a tattoo on your face. It, uh, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a way for it to not isolate a person. Yep, I agree. Just working in the music business and knowing some people that, you know, being around this kind of thing. Yeah, it seems like what happens, even the best of them—I mean, the best of them—people yeah. that you know that are fantastic people, if they get in that bubble long enough where they're just not contacting reality. They yep. just start to lift off the ground. 100%. You know, and you just can't. And it's not that they don't want to, but they just, they. It's inevitable. They don't contact reality anymore. Yep. They're hearing bullshit or yep. well-crafted bullshit and and they just float off the earth. And then you can't really. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, I, I, well, my label, they're great. But um, they were like, you know, don't you want to be huge? And I was like, yes. <laughs> As she's shaking, shaking her my head. head no because that's you know i obviously i just love to make music but like being 
air quote famous and having like a huge moment is actually kind of my biggest fear. So that's I, probably why it's going to happen for you. <laughs> so everyone yeah. says, but I honestly, with my track record, I don't think so. But no, talk more about that. That's, that's fascinating. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think for me, like I work with artists and I see how well they do with the attention they get. And I just, mm-hmm. any, like everyone likes attention. So it's not that I don't like attention, sure. but I just get so much anxiety attached with attention that it's almost not worth it for me. Um, but yeah, like I love going to Target and just looking like absolute dog shit, you know, and like right. not worry. And just the pressure that comes with that, even from a musical standpoint, you know, you have a hit and then it's suddenly like, all right, every song needs to perform like this, or you at least will feel that pressure of, what if I never have a big song like that again? Or I kind of like just cruising and <laughs> under the radar, playing shows yeah. and making music that I love. And it's, I, I think it's a luxury, honestly, because there's never, no one's like, I mean, there are people who are like, I can't wait for, you know, Sasha's next album or whatever, but it's not the whole world, which right. I love. <laughs> well, yeah, they used to call it uh, in country. I used to, the managers would talk about it. They would call it running for office. So once you're famous, you're kind of running for office all the time. You're a politician. Right. Like you can't, even yeah, if you just go get your really prescription <laughs> at CVS, you got to right. dress up, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a tough part of it. And you don't have to do that, but. Well, but, but no, I, I know women, men too, but you know, my wife feels pressure. She, she confessed to me the other night. She's a little bit sad that we're not wearing the mask anymore because she could go to Target and not do her makeup. Oh, I wear the mask still. She but because the, of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's a thing. Yeah. So she's And I like, feel like I'm much more attractive if you can only see my eyes. I read this article about how waiters, waiters and waitresses were getting tipped more because people couldn't tell how attractive they were. Oh, because they're... Yeah. Or can only see the eyes. Yeah. Wow. I know. Fascinating. But yeah, well, no, whole, I, I love the mask. That was Yeah, so you don't have to... Uh, there, yes. are, there are men and women. It's equal. Uh, who are completely built for being a celebrity? Yes, and I think every that's part awesome. of it they like it. I envy They're good those at people. It. Right? Yes, I really do. And you're you're saying that's not your you're obviously more introspective and I, I think I just love songwriting. Yeah, and I think it kind of stops there. And like anytime I have to do anything else, it kind of is like a stressful thing for me. Right. But I love artists that love being famous. Like that's yeah. the yeah stuff that I love. Like. When I was a kid, Britney Spears was my idol. Yeah. You know, like I love the big pop stuff. Mm-hmm. I love ABBA. I love flashy stuff too. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about this because this will this will this will lead into this. Um, so with you, your approach to your career, I think really probably works with you being able to get these big other cuts as a writer, right? Big may be a stretch, but yeah. Well, hang on a second. So it says right here, Sasha, Alex Sloan. That's you, right? That's me. Okay. Let's get sure we've got that all right. <laughs> Let's see what it says here. Written hits for Carly Pierce, Megan Trainer, Lauren Elena, Camilla Cabello, John Legend, Pink, Charlie XCX, O Wonder, Odessa, and more. That's those and are more. some pretty big names, <laughs> darling. Yeah. For you to say, you're, what, what are you talking about? Those are huge cuts. Well, thanks. Yeah, I think um, 
I don't know. I think I have like imposter syndrome to like, but okay. like times like 3000. I got you. So um, it's hard for me to ever see myself as successful, air quotes. If you can, people at home know I'm doing air quotes. But um, that's honestly, I think also my biggest flaw is how like that holds me back so much. Mm. When I walk into a room with an artist, I just feel like I shouldn't be there. You know, and when I put my own music out, I feel like no one cares. So it's like this whole internal struggle I have. So do we need to buy you a ticket to like a Tony Robbins <laughs> Unleash the Power Within? What's going on here? That or like maybe on-site, a ticket to on-site, on-site would be great. We need some, I'm, I'm going to get involved now yeah. because this is crazy. No, you know what? No, but like, you know. I know exactly, and I'm sorry, I'm, people get mad at me for interrupting the guests. No, you're I'm sorry. fine. Uh, please, but I gotta tell please interrupt you. me before I no, I No, I want you to keep going, but. I completely sympathize with every word you said about that. I never really, well, actually when I was younger, I was an artist and I, I never really, I kind of stopped at a certain point because yeah. I realized I was going to be a writer. That's, I was better at that, but I didn't have your kind of vocal talent. You, you know what I mean? Like not even close. Nice. So it's not the same, but I get everything you're saying. 100%. You can love the shit out of music and not be that cool with some of these other parts of it. Yes. And I, I don't know. I always just feel like, why would someone, this is going to sound, and this is not me fishing for compliments. This is genuinely just how mm -hmm. I feel. Why would someone write with me when they could just write with someone else? You know, and that's how I walk into every room, which is probably right. a horrible way to approach my career. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to do a little <laughs> online. We're going to do a coaching session this here. Is a this separate, will be good for everyone to listen this to. Is a separate okay, the reason why, thing. okay, it's one word badass you're well, a badass that's very nice go yeah. on youtube that's very nice and listen no you sing your ass off well thanks and your lyrics are incredible that's why they would thanks. want you in the room you know there are there are people like we talk about who are so well suited for all the other parts of artistdom the 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 long nights of signing yeah. autographs and the you know yeah all that shit you know but sometimes those people are missing some of these elements of like very deep lyrics, like, right. like soulful thoughts and some of these other things that you as a writer on a, and a writer would bring in. So you're actually perfectly suited. Well, thank you. To, to, to do that for those, especially if you like more pop, yeah. pop you know, pop side of pop music. Because I, I do too. I always have too. Um, I think you just got a, a dual track going on here. Possibly, yeah. Is that like yeah, yeah. as a as an artist and as a writer, you just got kind of two, and your success as a writer kind of emboldens you as an artist. Well, thanks. Yeah, I think um, I always call myself the queen of album cuts. Okay, because I do go in there and I I want to say something, you know, um, and I think that's why I sometimes get weird about my songwriting career because I'm not one of those people who has a mil million number ones, right. And sometimes that makes me feel like no, I'm not a good writer, you know, because there's so much of that online where it's like, this person had the most number ones this year. And, oh, yeah. and I, I see that and I go, okay, cool. Like, that's awesome for them. and I'm happy for them. And I don't have that. So what does that mean in yeah. terms of writing for me? Totally get it. Yeah. Totally so, get it. Anyway, that's another. Well, no, but I think, you know, we're a songwriting podcast. I think I think there's a lot of people listening to this podcast we have a lot of people listening who are artist writers who are, you know, right. have their own career and also trying to get cuts. And yeah. I think they will completely identify with what you're saying. Completely. I think even, you know, 
award shows are like triggering a little bit because I'm I'm sitting there watching them going all my like my favorite artists are there but also like most of my favorite artists aren't there and what does that mean about my taste and what does that mean about society and what does that mean you know and it's mm-hmm. it g- kind of goes back to the politician thing of you you got a campaign you yeah, know and it's do. I always yeah. said like I would love to win a Grammy if it came with money <laughs> well it kind of does I I guess, but like, if someone was like, "Here's a Grammy and a million dollars," I would be trying really hard to win a Grammy. What if they said you could get a Grammy or a million dollars? A million dollars, okay, one hundred percent. You're smart. <laughs> I'm telling a lot of people listening might go, "That's oh, I don't know," but you're smart, and I'll tell you why. Um, Even a hundred thousand, like, what? Um, I mean, I would. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not 100. I have a producer friend who's I consider to kind of be one of my mentors in the business, a guy named Byron Gallimore, produces Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, bunch bunch of country stuff, and some pop. Great guy. He says, uh, I keep my pride down in SunTrust Bank. <laughs> <laughs> and I've all, that kind of reminds me of that. It's like, I'd rather just have the money. Oh, my God. Yes. You know, absolutely. I, and you advise, sometimes we'll get in talks with song, song, younger songwriters about their publishing deals. And the publishers leaning on them to take less, you know, and I always tell the same thing. I'm like, you know what? It's really cut and dried. Uh, you'll get, you'll get every bit you can get out of them and you'll get your money and that's it. You either, you, and then I'll say this, you either get your money or you don't. Yep. No Absolutely. one gives you shit. All those people telling you to take less money because your family will be working in another company in two years. Yep. So you'll either get it oh. or you won't. And no one gives a shit either way. To be fair. We would not be sitting here if I hadn't signed this pub deal. Yep, everybody, it's good to have it in the beginning. Yeah, it is good. Yep. And I was, this is a long story, but I was at Berkeley. I was a freshman. Not the smart Berkeley. The Berkeley College of Music in Boston. It's the smart one let's, for music. Let's not get it twisted. And, um, you know Reddit? Yeah. Okay, so I, this is such a, okay, it's a very convoluted story, but basically... When I was 18, I went to a sleepover and my parents were painting the outside of the house themselves. Mm-hmm. This whole house was very DIY. It was, it was a lot. And so they got to my window. It was the window on the far left corner of the house. And they decided to paint the word dork with an arrow pointing to my bedroom window, like in massive letters. And so I pulled up back from the sleepover and I was like, wow, really? I think that was it. And then it rained for like three weeks. So it was just there. And then when they painted over it, you could still kind of see it because it had just set. You know, it paints like slightly different color when it dries. So they just did it for fun knowing that they yes. would paint over it. So right. I took a photo of it. And then like a year later, I was at Berkeley and I was just starting to get into Reddit. And my friend was like, you should post that on Reddit. Like it's perfect for it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like whatever. So I posted that photo. It was like my parents painted our house guess which bedroom is mine or something like that. I woke up, it was number one on the front page and it had gone completely viral. Wow. Like everyone was posting, it was like it became a meme. And then I, I was like, oh my God, this might be like my only like viral moment ever in my whole life. So I posted my SoundCloud in the comments. And then um, this guy, Steve Lindsay, who I'm in a JV with, his son found it. And then he called me and said, hey, do you want a pub deal with Warner Chapel? You got to move to LA. I'll give you one. Wow. And so I was 19. I dropped out of college and moved to LA and didn't know anyone and started writing and 
interesting sessions. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I how I got started. But if you're about to sign a PUBG and you're listening right. to this, you don't have to tell them everything you've written before. <laughs> no, they call that a schedule A. But you could you, a person could forget that they had a song. Uh, yeah, which is not included on the schedule Absolutely. A. It happens. Not that anything I had written when I was 19 before this deal has made. I would say it's actually somehow made negative money. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I'm, bad I've the got, songs I've are. I've got I've got a couple of those. <laughs> But um, I do love my new publisher here, BJ Hill. He's incredible. BJ's great. And he also just understands my strengths and my weaknesses. And I love BJ. Mm -hmm. I feel so honored to have him taken me on. He's a great guy. And he's a guy who's been here a long time. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he knows how to handle writers. And that that is a real skill. Yeah, you know? it is. And it's getting more rare. Nashville still has some of the old school... You actually have someone you talk to who's your coach, mm -hmm. who's your cheerleader, mm -hmm. who can, you know, really, it really makes a difference. I mean, it, it really makes a difference. Yeah, I agree. So when I, I guess when I make music, it's very private. And I, this whole last record was just written with my boyfriend. And I keep telling everyone it's either means that it's like great or horrible. I feel like there's really no in between when you just make an album with one person. Right. Um, and good. Mike Elizondo yeah. produced a couple songs. Yeah, I know Mike. Um, I love Mike. Great guy. Awesome. And Stuart Price, um, he produced a couple songs as well. But that's basically it. Oh, and this guy, Chad Copeland, who I absolutely love. He mm -hmm. has a studio in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, anyway, very small group. And I kind of write and then send to my label as opposed to, I just wrote the song, What Do You Think? Because I feel like that confuses me. Right. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah. So I'm very protective. I'm a people pleaser. So I, I wish that I was the type of person who I used to send them every single song I wrote. And then I realized that I was really bad and it was actually hurting the music. So I don't, I don't know. I, I love RCA. I love my team there. I actually really do. They've let me do my thing and they've let me release music that I want to release. I've never felt a pressure to put a song out that someone else wrote or that they thought would be a hit. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been great. I think it's just a really weird landscape right now for artists. Yeah. Um, especially after COVID. Like when I put an album out in 2020, TikTok wasn't really what it is now. And I feel so much pressure to be on that app and having a viral moment now, whereas before it was just artist development. And now I feel like that's going away. And for an artist like me, I think that's a very dangerous place to be because it's putting a pressure on me to be someone I'm not. Yeah, I didn't really think about all this because you said, yeah, I get it. That's not a format that suits what you do. No. And I mean, you'd, I mean, you can always be creative, right? Yeah. You can always be creative. So I, you hate to say like, it's not suitable, but you're, vi I get that. Yeah, man. I mean, because it's such a fast pace, the TikTok deal. What I'm like, I feel so fortunate to have already started. Right. Because I do feel like I have this core fan base. And I feel like artists that are starting right now, it's really, it's really hard. And I feel like there are big songs that then no one knows who's singing them. And I think, you know, you, you have a number one song globally, maybe, but you put tickets on sale for tour and maybe they're not selling like you thought they would 
And I think it's just a really hard time for labels to navigate. And I actually do, I can't believe I'm saying this, but feel for labels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're making a ton of money, but a lot of people who go to work at a label want the best for artists. And it's really hard to serve artists right now. And it's just a really well, and it's a strange thing. yeah. We're we've uh, <clears throat> been transitioning out of terrestrial radio, which was mm-hmm. the entire business model, right? You know, and that's still kind of happening. Yep. So you got that, and uh, I'm going to sound like a dumbass, but I'm just curious myself. <laughs> how much is how much music is breaking on TikTok? I I don't even know. Like, Dana, I, is it a lot? I mean, it's big, right? It is, but there there are other ways. I don't know. It's I'm very confused by it because yes, part of me obviously wants to succeed, but I don't want to compromise how I'm doing that. But I also don't want to be like, oh, this is new and I've done it this way for so long. I'm not going to do that. Right. Because I think that's, you know, that's just not cool. You never win by doing that. No, and it's it's just a platform. Exactly. So I think it's just, I've been navigating how to figure that out and be I also just don't like the internet I think people are really mean Hmm. and I'm really sensitive and even if I get a hundred nice comments and one bad one I will think about the bad one all day and it just feels like I'm in middle school over again it's true which I like love not being in middle school anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I you know I think that's also another reason why maybe I should just be a songwriter again because I don't have it in me to not care about what people think. Right. And so I think that's something that I've been But you know, working to be on. fair, as a songwriter, you deal with rejection. That's true, but it's private. It is private. And my publisher never tells me if someone doesn't like right. me. They that's just right. go, they're unavailable. Right. And then that's I go, true. oh, yeah, I guess they're unavailable forever. Yeah. And they live down the street. Yeah, and your publisher <laughs> says, no, no, they love the song. They just already, they're not doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they decided against making a record. Yeah, exactly. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, that's true. It's private. Um, you're on the right track, man. Listen, you just make your music, put it out, no compromise. Yeah, Keep yeah, writing, exactly. And, and, you know, and you know, you've you've got you've got fans, and you'll just grow your fan base. And don't limit yourself. Yeah. You know, you definitely. I think it's. I think personally, I think you've got this all figured out about you know which part of that world you don't want to take on and which part you do. Right. But don't limit yourself either. Right. Yeah, exactly. You could very easily have something that just for just broke in. You know, you mm-hmm. could have a you could have a big song in a movie. Yeah, you know? it's true. I'm, I've like, been waiting. You could, <laughs> yeah, day. you'd be perfect. For, I mean, there's lots of you know. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity, and the yeah. way that TikTok is working now, like there are songs that are blowing up from 20 yes. years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. So you know, I. You know, you I never could put know. a song out. They and, could put one of your songs on a cartoon on the. It, you know. Yep. You never, you never, and I think, never I think you're right. It's like the TikTok platform is, it's very, it's, you know, to be a mature person and just be like, I don't know about this, but you know, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. And you got to figure out creative ways to use it to, yeah. you're trying to connect with your fans. Right. You know what I mean? This is a, totally. serv- this is a service industry totally. and you're, you're trying to serve your art which is your mm-hmm. take on the world, which they experience and it helps with theirs. You know, it's, this is right. a thing between you and right. them. You're fascinating to me because you, you have such a um, beautiful pop voice and sensibility and just this 
direct connection to yourself, you know, no bullshit. No, I mean, it's, you believe a hundred percent of what comes out of you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pitch List. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast or your preferred listening platform. And if you want, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. For exclusive content from this week's guest and more, you can visit our website at pitchlistpodcast.com or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Plus, Don't forget to let us know on social media what songwriter, musician, or music business professional you want to hear from next. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.